What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Run Your Mouth Podcast. Uh, might be a slightly quicker skim of the news this week. I'm working my ass off on this uh, end-of-year Run Your Mouth project, which, if you're around Philadelphia, December 5th, come out. It is going to be a hell of a backyard show. Every single person that's come to one of the shows I put together now, and maybe I should be taking offense to this, they go every time, they go, man, I wasn't expecting this to be this much fun. That's been the feedback every time, is, holy shit, this was way cooler than I thought it was. So I've got a hell of a lineup for that December 5th show. BK Chris is going to be down there. I saw him doing some new stuff. This past Friday night, we did a little show in the backyard of the Shed Guys, and holy shit, did he have some funny new stuff. The Shedcast guys are going to be down there. Um, They're going to be performing, got some other comics, and I'm doing an end-of-year recap, which is going to be topic we've explored with Run Your Mouth, paired with some artwork, uh, and it's it's going to be a good time. I'm working my ass off on it, so I hope it's as funny to other people as I think it is, and even if it's not, it's definitely going to be interesting and hit on some of the biggest points from this past year. So show up December 5th in Philadelphia. It's going to be a really fun outdoor hang, or if you're up in Boston or the New Hampshire area, uh, me and BK Chris are going to be up there. I'm going to be running it as well. November 28th. I'll have both ticket links in the episode description. So if you're a fan of this podcast, uh, show up, you know, get some friends, bring some sandwiches, bring your case of beer. Uh, what the hell else do you have to do? There's nothing else going on in life. Don't pretend like you've got better plans. You don't. So I'm actually showing up, putting together fun backyard hangouts, and I re- kindly request that you show up because it's going to be a good time. All right. The other thing is smoke out, bug out. Uh, I don't yet have the results because, um... I'm not going, I, at some point I'll go back and I'll tally it, but I feel like it was a win for the Run Your Mouth podcast no matter what. I feel like the Shedcast boys, they represented our outfit, they showed up, they they took down a victory, it's definitely between the two of them. Maybe we'll just have a rubber match between the two of them, we'll switch to another drug, we'll do another round of questions, see who comes up with the best answers, we'll get a new impartial judge, I don't know, we'll work that out, but the important thing is the Shed, the victory remains with the Run Your Mouth podcast. We've been training. We've been out in that shed week after week. We've been staying coherent despite hanging out and having fun. Uh, And so we practiced. We put in the work. Everyone else, they kind of came in. They didn't practice as hard. And it showed in the competition. Uh, So kudos to the Shedcast guys for definitely placing first and second. We'll determine who is, in fact, the winner between the two of them. And if you were listening to that one, you felt like maybe it was a little too chaotic. Listen to the second half when we got into the question and answer which will become more of the format for the smoke about bug out moving forward. But it was a fun time all around. And um, at some point, I'll tally it up and we'll declare a winner. Because I've been getting a lot of emails. People have been emailing, like, I want the conclusion. How dare you end on a cliffhanger? Now you're coming in for the next week on the cliffhanger. You want to know if there's an answer, only to find out that I was too lazy to actually tally up the points. I get why you're upset. I get why you're going to go into this entire next week anxious eating more food, uh, running around trying to find sweets and snacks just to try and calm your anxiety because you waited a whole week just to get to the conclusion and like the end of Lost, there was no ending and you're like, man, I just wasted six years of my life and there's no information at the end of this. I understand why you're at home week to week just waiting for the Run Your Mouth podcast to come out and give you a conclusion from the prior week's episode. So I apologize that you're just going to have to continue to walk around unsure Um, and you know, you might not be able to move on to other things in your life. You might just lay in the bed all week because you've got OCD and you're like, unless I know this conclusion, I can't move on to the next activities. I understand all that. 
And so I wholeheartedly apologize, and I promise you we'll have a conclusion soon. On that note, let's get into a little bit of the news going on. First is you had all that tech thing. You know, they pulled in Google. They pulled in Facebook. They pulled in these people for their censorship, for taking that Biden story, stuffing it under a carpet, not letting any of us see it. And if you ever get pulled in for a congressional hearing, always go in with Dorsey because he's always going to come off like the bigger the douche. Just, he's got that Lord of the Ring elf face. He talks so calm that it's creepy. His answers are a little bit too calm for how evil his statements are. The best is, you know, the New York Post thing where he goes, well, if they're willing to obey the rules and uh, they're willing to succumb to our power, then sure, they're free to do whatever they want. They just have to log in, admit they were wrong, and play by our rules. And if they do all that, then yes, they're totally free to engage with our community where we're trying to empower all voices to be heard. And if they feel threatened, then they won't participate in the platform. Uh, I don't know quite how I feel on the tech censorship issue at large. I think the best um, episode that we did on this was with, uh, oh, you got to give me a second. Um, the guy who, uh, oh shit, I'm so bad with names. It's amazing how good my information recall is until I'm trying to pull up someone's name and then it's just out. But um, Sam, Sam Parker, the guy who kind of gave us the inside scoop on coronavirus up front he had really thought about this issue, and you guys can go back, find the second episode I did with Sam Parker, because I feel like we spent about a half hour on tech censorship, and he really put forward uh, some of the most interesting ideas I, I've heard on the topic. I obviously don't like the idea of government regulating these spaces at all, because I feel like in whatever um, way we hand that power over to the government, we're going to be moving away from free speech and uh, I, I think you, I just remember the way the FCC treated Howard Stern. And I know at least with the internet, I've got the freedom to put this thing out. And, uh, you know, so I really don't like the idea of government stepping in with the tech censorship, but obviously the current platforms and the way that, I, I mean, it at least should be acknowledged and they should be called out for the fact that they just squashed a giant news story. I mean, that at least makes sense that they get pulled into the Senate and the Senate's like, well, what are you guys doing? So at least we understand that they do have a bit of a bias here. So at least we can expose the bias and maybe the market can react to it. And maybe there's an argument for the um, editorializing and that they should be treated as publishers, not just people that allow everyone to discuss. That I'd have to look into a little bit more. Uh, but let's move on because apparently I don't have anything that interesting to say on this topic. Uh, the next thing I want to talk about is you had Nancy Pelosi pulled such a wonderful move, such a wonderful move. And one of the things that's just been so, I guess, annoying about this past election cycle is that on some of the biggest issues, uh, it seems like everyone's in, everyone's in agreement. There should be free health care paid for by government. You got a stimulus package going on now. And the Republican who's Trump is going, no, one, no one's ever going to have given you more free money ever. No one gives you more free money than me. I give the most free money, okay? I'm out here. The only one who's even pretending to, I guess, take issue with it. You know, I haven't heard much from Rand Paul. I'm sure he's upset with it. I'm sure uh, Morrissey, what the fuck's that other guy's name? I'm sure the other libertarian, he's been uh, hooting and hollering about it. The only one I've heard kind of say we're never going to pass it is Mitch McConnell, America's great grumbler. But that's not going to come out until he actually holds it up. And I bet uh, Donald Trump will get his way on that once they come into an agreement on a stimulus package. But it's infuriating that it's just a given that, you know, more free money for everyone, so much free money. I, it's just, at what point are we going to have a conversation about debt? At what point is someone going to acknowledge, hey, 
I think we're going to end up with inflation. Hey, I don't think we're doing people any favors. We're going to end. I, it just, there's no conversation about consequences whatsoever. Everybody's just playing into this reality of, oh, I, I, if I, I, I've got even more free stuff for you. Like where, where does that end with, with the promises that they're going to offer or the, I don't know, that, that just aspect of politics these days is driving me nuts. But Nancy Pelosi pulled this amazing move. I remember back in the AIM days, this was fun. You'd pretend to write something and the other person, like it was blue and red, I think. And the other person maybe popped up as blue. You popped, I forgot exactly what the code was, but sometimes you'd copy their name and put it in like color coded the other color and have them write something crazy just so that they would have to respond to it. So it'd be like a girl and you put in like, oh, I really want to sleep with you. I, I didn't use that language when I was in eighth grade and AIM was a thing, but that was kind of, the, and then they were forced to respond to it. So Hillary, I'm Nancy Pelosi pulled a similar great trick where she sent a letter to Mnuchin and at 12 a.m., apparently the guy was already asleep. That's what happens when you got a really hot wife. You, you get you get late at 9 p.m. and you're ready to bed by 10 p.m. You know, you're not like the rest of us walking around at 2 a.m. trying to get one more Oreo stack of cookies in, hoping that you might fall asleep. It's a very different style when you've got Steve Mnuchin money. But anyways, she sends a letter at 12 a.m. to Steve Mnuchin once he's already asleep. And when she sends the letter, she also sends it to the press. And the letter is, I guess, describing, you know a point of view of reality that it hasn't actually happened as if they've been having conversations about things that Mnuchin has refused to do. And so here's the letter of all the conversations we had. It would be like, if you were to send a letter back to, um, like, uh, dearest Nancy, Amongst our conversations about getting stimulus to the country, I'm happy that you're willing to work with me, but displeased with the racist undertones and the fact that you said that you want to make sure that this money does not get to minority communities. I hope that you will please address the fact that you've made these horrible comments and that you've specifically spoken out against Jews, which doesn't make sense as you yourself are a Jew and I don't get why you would denounce your religion or faith. You get It's just like a funny trick to pull where you send them a letter about things that they never said or never did. It's a real bitch move, which is what you can expect from uh, Nancy Pelosi. Uh, I was hoping to do a Hunter Biden porn review. I really wanted to do that. Two different people, they came forward, they sent me the link, and they're like, listen, this shit's on 4chan, you can go check it out, I don't really understand how 4chan works, I went, because I was, and like, immediately, I, I bounced out of there, because, I, like, I, I don't, not that anyone looked underage, but if they were, I didn't really want to be looking at it, and then I was like, shit, I shouldn't have even gone to that website, then I was convinced that the CIA was going to show up in my house in 10 minutes, uh, but the one thing that I did take away, which was a crucial piece of information I was trying to do my research on, Hunter Biden, great piece. I mean, call this guy a piece of shit, say that he's robbing money from other countries, give him whatever problems you want to, you want to give him fault for, but this man has the penis of a champion, and to be honest, I mean, that kind of does make fucking children way more wrong, because if you got a little wiener, you could potentially present that in court and be like, your honor, I mean, while my client might look like an adult, he actually does have the child of a penis, and I, I mean, <laughs> the penis of a child, and you should be treated accordingly. The other takeaway is, how come some drug addicts just have amazing bodies? I mean, who does drugs and doesn't eat? Like, maybe, maybe that's why I gotta start doing crack. It's like, this guy's doing blow and going for a run. I mean, I guess I'm like more of like a weed and booze guy. You're not getting laid, you eat a pizza. And I guess it's easier if you've got this guy's level of power because you can do a bunch of drugs and then just order in some kids. 
It's like the same as I'm getting Domino's. You can just put in your order, they deliver them, and like uh, Mnuchin, you're asleep by 12 a.m. Except you did cracks, you're probably not, you know, you're probably, it's probably not like a short stay hooker thing. Like if you order a kid, you probably have it for the whole night, so you're staying up real late. This is getting weird. Um, and on that note, I do have a comment on kiddie porn and violating the laws. And I'm not trying to come off as pro-kid porn here. I want to make that very clear. Before we go into this terrible topic, I'm not pro-kid porn, not pro-doing things to, yeah, the whole thing, this is just weird even to talk about. This is such a gross and, I, like, this is one of those things where it just shouldn't exist in humanity so that you're not making jokes or, ugh, the whole thing is just gross. So, I'm sorry that we have to delve into this topic of grossness, but I do want to point out one thing that I don't, have not researched the laws on the way kitty porn works, but I believe that you can be in trouble for just the pose- possession of kitty porn. And there's something, um, I guess, about that level of government repercussion, which doesn't quite make sense to me, and allow me to explain. I think in order to be in trouble with the government, you should either have knowingly violated a law, like I get that some laws might be on the books that they shouldn't, but at least there should be a knowledge of, hey, I violated a law in order to be in trouble. Now, we could have a conversation about whether government should exist, whether a law should exist. I'm just saying you should have to have knowingly have violated a law to be in trouble. And the other the other factor is there has to be both your knowledge of violating a law and some sort of a creation of harm. Um, if you're not creating any harm or knowingly violating a law, I don't understand why there should be any consequences. So, for example, if you come across or end up in possession of child porn that you didn't purchase or you didn't want to have, I don't understand why there should be any repercussions for that. Like, I just don't, like, what law, you haven't knowingly violated a law and you haven't created new harm. You didn't create it, you didn't purchase it, you didn't sell it, you weren't involved in the process whatsoever. Like, and I heard this from someone, this is total conspiracy theory. I just heard this from someone, no idea if this is true whatsoever, but as a part of the Wikipedia leaks, not Wikipedia, the WikiLeaks, uh, there was an element of a software program that was able, that I guess was being used to uh, to put kiddie porn onto people's computers, which means that, you know, a government agency, total theoretical, have done zero research on this, but I'm just saying within this framework that you can just be in trouble for the possession of kiddie porn, a government agency could theoretically put that onto your computer without you knowing about it. And then the burden of proof would be on you to say that your computer was hacked and somebody put it there. Uh, which is a pretty scary thought about the way that you can be in tr- like unknowingly in trouble for something. Um, and you know what? Maybe if I had given this a little bit more thought, I could better give you guys examples for what I mean by, well, all right, let's break it down. I think I could do it without having thought about it beforehand, or maybe not. You know, it'll be a, an experiment for the both of us here together. In terms of violating the law without knowing about it. Uh, so I can understand why... You know, government's in the business of saying we're the authority above you and we need people to comply with our authority. Uh, now, we might go, hey, that as libertarians, that, that shouldn't exist. They shouldn't be able to just make laws to, to have laws. Uh, or maybe there's a little bit of a framework for being able to get rid of laws that don't make sense. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm gonna, I, I, under, I at least understand the framework because at least then you can not get in trouble because you at least have knowledge about what are things that you can't do. So for example, if you lived in a town 
that really enforced jaywalking, which is which is stupid. I'm really good at looking both ways, seeing if a car's coming, getting to the other side safely, getting my Oreos from the food bag and coming home. I don't have problems pulling that off. Even on the busy street, even late at night, even if I've been drinking, never had a problem jaywalking. I got a perfect track record. I don't wanna I don't wanna jinx myself here on my on my perfect track record of jaywalking without getting hit by cars, but I've got a perfect jaywalking record. If there was a sign on the street that said absolutely uh, no jaywalking here, and then I, I, I clearly saw the sign, and then there, there's a cop there, and I jaywalk, and I, I, you know, obviously shouldn't go, but I got a ticket for it. I go, you know, I would say, hey, that's stupid. There shouldn't be a sign here. It's ridiculous that I got in trouble. But at the end of the day, I knew, at least I knew that I was violating the law, and, the, and I saw that there was a cop right there. And then there's an element of like, where you were saying, hey, fuck you and your authority. And so, I, oh, and by the way, I'm conceding the fact that this is all within the ridiculous framework of government being there and all those little libertarian things. I agree with all of you people. Don't get your panties all up in your dicks. I understand all of this stuff. I'm just saying at least in terms of having an authority above you, if they would tell you, hey, here's a law and don't violate it, and then you knowingly violate, at least it gives you the option of you know, avoiding those things so that you don't just happen to end up in trouble. I'm saying the ability to just happen to end up in trouble without even knowing about it is a far more advanced and worse form of, um, of you know, authoritarianism. That, okay, that's, you know what, for just pulling that one out of my ass, I think that was fairly well said. The other aspect is causing harm. So, for example, if I didn't intend uh, to accidentally drive my ha- my car into your house, there should still be liability because I drove my car into your house. Like, uh, or yeah, that's a fine example. I'm driving in my car, I space out. Didn't violate any laws, wasn't drinking, wasn't texting. It's not like I ate fried chicken and I had oil over my hands and I tried to make a left turn and the thing slipped. Just a fucking spazzed out moment. Uh, and I, I spaced out. The road took a weird turn where your, your house just happens to be close to the road and has a little turn. I spazzed, managed to drive right into your house. There should be some liability there. I'm not saying for that level of spaz. I mean, you probably shouldn't be able to drive anymore because you, you, like, you're a spaz and maybe you'd have elements of, has this guy spaz in the past? Does he know that he's a spaz? There's some elements there that you might have to start considering. Uh, if he murdered someone because he spazzed and drove into their house, you'd be liable for the murder. Interesting question. But no matter what, there should be some financial liability there because even though you didn't mean to do it, you caused harm. And I'm sure we could think of some other examples where even like electronically, if maybe, uh, no, I can't really, I can't really think of that one off the top of my head. But the point is, if you caused harm, even if you didn't mean to do it, there's harm there. And so, you know, even there probably, there's a framework at least to evaluate that you should be held liable for the harm that you caused. Now let's go back to the kiddie porn thing. If it just ends up on your computer, have you caused harm? You're not selling it. You're not trying to distribute it. You're not trying to, uh, you know, help the industry proliferate. You certainly didn't create it. It just ended up there and you saw it. So is that new harm being created? So if you both didn't intend to violate a law, which means that you're not really trying to um, undermine the authority of government, which, you know, fine, argue that 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 makes sense. But I'm just saying from from a punitive standpoint, if I didn't mean to undermine the government's authority, I didn't cause harm to anybody, 
should I be responsible? And this is all within the framework that I think you're just responsible if you have, you know, kitty porn in your possession, which this might have been a false framework of a conversation because guess what? This is more than I've ever thought about or wanted to delve into the topic of kitty porn whatsoever. So let's move on with our lives because that the whole thing's disgusting. And let's talk about the Jews that tried to rally for Trump. I don't know if you guys saw that. It was kind of fun. You ever want to make an argument for the fact that, uh, I guess, who's really being violent in our society? If there's one group of people that do not want to get into fight, it's Jews. I've spent, we're not a tough people. That's not what we're looking for. So if you're looking at footage of uh, Jewish people that are ending up in fights with people that are in Antifa, you can be pretty sure that the Antifa people provoke that. Uh, the one thing that was really amazing, and you can go look at some of this footage, but on one of these, they like poured paint on some Jewish guy's car, and then like... I guess other cultures might go and fight this guy. This th- this kid ends up getting arrested because he fell victim to the Jewish point of death. And the Jewish point of death is when some guy who's a lawyer points out the one guy, he damaged, he's, it's him. He's the one who damaged my car. You must arrest him, officer. And that's, that's how we can make an end to these protests. It's every single car, you need a Jew lawyer. Every single business, they need a Jew lawyer, or Jew lawyer who can be out there with the Jewish point of death. Let me tell you, you end up um, responsible for your financial liabilities of uh, burning down a building or kicking some random guy or fucking up his car, whatever it is, you end up in, a, in debt for your life having to make financial payments because someone made the Jewish point of death at you. That's going to be the end of that. So, that, that you know, Jews, we might be able to make a positive difference in this culture. Maybe you could start, like, uh, I can start this business. The Jewish point of death, you hire Jew lawyers, uh, and they come with you if you end up in these altercations. You know, they, they can be there with, like, a Polaroid picture. They can take pictures, document the financial damage, and totally change uh, society. Uh, other things you should consider for yourself in terms of making a positive difference in the world is um, I think it's important in life that as you get older, you probably either want to be married or make sure that you've got a hooker budget. You just want to make sure you got one of those two things because it seems like as men get older, they, they get a little bit creepier. Uh, and so you just want to make sure that you're married so that you're not out there being a creep or just have a hooker budget so you can just take care of whatever the thing is that you got to go do so that you're not in these situations where you convince yourself that women actually want to be with you. And I'm talking about the Giuliani incident where, I mean, Sasha Baron Cohen did him so, he did him so dirty that I, like, I, I, I don't like, like, I almost have a bad taste in my mouth, even for those movies that I loved as a kid. And I couldn't refine this story. So if you're listening to this and you can find it, please send it to me, robsnewsroom at gmail.com. But I think when he was doing his last thing of This Is America, somebody busted him really good for, I guess, um, hyper editing things to make guests look bad. Please go look that up. You know, I'm having a problem that I kind of have a vague memory of news stories, and more often than not, I'm right, but it's nearly impossible to retrace my steps and find these articles. Uh, and I, I feel like I'm decent in Google and trying to find stuff. I, but I, I've known this problem for years. I used to do a better job. I used to actually, when I read physical articles, I would clip them and put them into folders. And um, I, I remember, I, we're talking eight years ago I was doing this, and then when I was putting together uh, like a video of Rob's newsroom. I remember being able to go back and actually f- like have those articles that I was trying to reference because I find that when I try and do a look back, especially on these news stories, which are more interesting because they're exposing truth and other people's lies, they become fairly difficult to trace your steps and then go backwards and try and find. But 
Please, if you can find that one, I remember that there was a pretty good allegation against Sasha Baron Cohen for the way that he produces these things in a manipulative way to make people look bad. The Giuliani one, I mean, they really did him dirty. And first is, they pulled a bully move, which I hate. And this is like every bad high school movie, you'll have this scene where the jock guys get the hot guy, get the hot girl to hit on some loser. He takes off his pants and they come in, they take a picture. Oh, Look at the fucking loser that he thought that the hot chick wanted her. And that's the whole joke is that the loser could have thought that the hot chick would want to be with her. I can't think of a specific high school movie that I've seen this in, but I think you all know what I'm describing. And that's essentially the prank that they tried to pull on Giuliani. So I think what they were hoping for was that Giuliani might be a um, kind of like a... Um, who's the Jew troll guy who's in, who's in prison now? Um, Weinstein. I think they were hoping that he'd be like a Weinstein type character and they would bust him for being like a really sexual creepy guy that they'd put him into the situation. He would be overly aggressive. And if he's overly, like I, I'm saying really, really overly, like a Harvey Weinstein type of overly aggressive or right at the beginning of the interview, he just starts jerking off into a plan and he's shooting that viagra thing into his dick and he goes look even though i'm fat and gross looking i can still get four inches of erectness aren't you impressed and i can get you in a movie so why don't you massage me in this robe and let me jerk off onto your onto your nipples or i don't really know exactly the way harvey weinstein would sell what he was looking to do that guy's a creep and man this turned into uh to a real creepy episode here anyways i think they were hoping that they would have that moment and then you know, I guess exposing that there's that level of evil or that a person's that level of creep, fine, that would make sense. But from the outset, it actually, I've never seen Giuliani and kind of somewhat felt bad for him. I thought he was like, it just seemed like he was actually being a nice old guy where he's trying to calm her down, tell her that she's okay with the interview, where there are a couple borderline creepy touches, perhaps, but nothing that flagrant, typical old man kind of shit on the middle, lower back, nothing that bad. And then, this was the really dirty move that they pulled. So they, they go into this other room, and I want to point out that when I was watching this, I noticed that there were a lot of production boxes within that room. So while it looked like he was agreeing to go to a side or a bedroom type thing where you start getting nervous, like, oh, gross, Giuliani, you know she's not into you. Why are you going for this? There could very well be, I don't know this for a fact, it could very well be that they got their mics put on in that room, that they got ready for the interview in that room and then walked into where you saw them filming. And so it was quite natural for them to go back into that room to remove the microphones. So while us watching it, we're thinking, hey, why are they going into this more private area? It could very well be, I've never taken part in an interview that takes place in a hotel um, which was clearly by their design, and they were clearly setting up a, a like a hotel room. I, I think it was a hotel room for filming purposes. So it could be that they got set up in the dress room to then go into where that couch area was to then go film it. Now, I think from what I saw, she actually took his shirt out, and then he pulls an old man mover. He's lying on the bed trying to stuff his shirt back in. And then they try and film that, which and it looked to me like they didn't get the footage they wanted. So Sasha Baron Cohen just ran into the room to interrupt it and go. And then, I mean, his line was funny. And so you got to give him props for that, where he goes, have sex with my asshole instead. It's much tighter. Uh, and she goes, no, I'm plenty tight. I don't know. That I, the, the conversation was along those lines. Uh, and they didn't get the footage they were looking for. So first is just a mean fucking. That's just mean. It's just mean. 
You got this old guy who looks fucking gross. You get some hot chick to hit on him to see if she makes a move while you're ca- while you're, you got cameras there. That's just fucking mean. And then they didn't even get the footage. And then they, they still, I'm surprised that they put it out, all things considered. And then, you know, Sasha Baron Cohen is on, like, news things kind of defending his take on what the situation was. Really just not a good look. In terms of other things that are not a good look, uh, Tucker Carlson recently, I mean, that whole thing with the with the envelope, it see, at first it seemed like it was total bullshit, where he's like, I had this envelope, but we didn't take any pictures. And then it turns out that I guess he did have it, and maybe he actually somewhat now has busted FedEx for being in, was it FedEx or UPS? I think it was UPS for being in cahoots with someone for letting them, like, in other words, they almost just sent it as bait for, uh, we know exactly, like, to see if someone would, I guess, go ahead and open the envelope, uh, which, not a great look there, uh, but this Bobolinsky guy, who also went on to Tucker Carlson to give his testimony, the thing that makes me not believe him is that he's got this really ridiculous, which is this political cell, we keep talking about it, but he's got that how dare you energy, where he's talking, how dare Biden talk about, like, of course, he's trying to sell himself. Uh, If there's a scandal here, he's not going on to offend you and your family. It's such a ridiculous line of, well, because I've said it, and and it's because of me and my, my legacy and my background, and how dare he attack, like... Anyone who's got that personality where they, I, I don't know, they feel like they're, no one even knew who he was. Did anyone, was, were any of us commenting on him, his family, his legacy? And where the fuck did this guy come from that he's talking about his, um, his government, you know, uh, he's talking about his clearances. And I, I, I talked about this on part of the problem, but how do you go from your military to all of a sudden being involved in these giant, giant financial deals? Like it, this guy does not seem to me like he's just a clean, innocent, good old, jolly bystander there's got to be some sort of a military intelligence background parlayed into a very lucrative uh business career because of what you've done in the military or access to certain areas i can't tell you exactly what the scandal is there i'm just saying this guy does not strike me as uh goody two shoes uh you know impeccable record that he should be listened to doesn't mean that biden's not guilty i'm just saying that there's something about this bobolunsky character that firstly I'm surprised that there isn't more reporting on who the hell he is, what his background is, where he had his money, his overall credibility. Um, but just him standing there going, how dare you and my family and our honor instantly, it just, um, I guess, shows me uh, a piece of a person's personality where I know that they're just not supposed to be believed. The second you're yelling about like the offense thing, it's like that Godfather scene that I've talked about a hundred times here where they go, how dare you? This court owes us an apology. There's something about that level and that energy where it it just kind of channels to me that there's some degree of lying going on here, which is because I guess if there's real truth on your side, you don't usually need to scream about how you're offended or that they've, I I don't know. Okay. The other one that I just wanted to call attention to, because I thought that this was interesting. Joe Rogan had a killer week. I mean, that episode with Tim Dillon and, uh, and Alex Jones was a ton of fun. And then they had the guy on from The Intercept. Uh, and one of the interesting things in that conversation was they were talking about how there's a lack of outrage in this country over Snowden, that the media companies are not reporting on it. And since they're not reporting on it, everyone is a little bit, you know, just doesn't really care. Um, no one's really making a stink over it. No one's really upset. And so you're not really going to see any change. You're not going to see this guy let off the hook. And that's something that we, I've discussed before on Run Your Mouth, that the um, the news stations can really channel our outrage. And I think overall, the Americans, we're, we're good people. We want good things in the world. We don't like when 
there are like if every single day they were talking about Yemen and whatever level the U.S. is involved with what's going on in Yemen, it'd be over because we'd be outraged about it. The fact that we're outraged over statistical inconsistent like um, things that are not statistically a problem, such as perhaps uh, black men being targeted by the cops that maybe we're upset about microaggressions, all of these little topics that we seem to be, or global warming even, that the California is on fire because of global warming, which I'm going to get into in one second, but all these little topics that they try, or that uh, for two full years, think about how many topics we could have actually maybe fixed or addressed or at least have been educated about that were real problems in the world that we never heard about because for two full years we were having a conversation about Russia collusion. Just think about how many topics, and we saw the Kasaogi. I've said this one a hundred times. That was the best example. Uh, you know, Saudi Arabia does a ton of terrible shit. They murder journalists. Uh, so they actually cover that for a couple of days, and the entire country is talking about how terrible Saudi Arabia is. And these things do actually create change when our energy is focused towards actual problems, because at the end of the day, politicians want to be elected. And if we showcase the fact that they're allowing evil to proliferate, they're not going to remain in office. They have to sell us on uh, every time they try and do anything. Their, their sale is that government's here to help. That is the, what they're selling us on, or that government's a moral actor. And it's up to the, the news to kind of showcase, I guess, um, some of the way, some of the evils that are going on in the world, so that everyone can go, "Hey, I don't want to live in a planet where this is happening." And then that can, and then those things will change. And so one of the examples that they were talking about was Snowden. I thought that that was a very interesting conversation. And so here's just another thing I thought was interesting that it's not being talked about whatsoever, which is there was another fire this past week. And I'm just going to read you one piece of this um, article from the Wall Street Journal. Power company Southern California Edison told state, regulator, state regulators that its equipment might have ignited one of a pair of fast-moving wildfires in Orange County that have prompted evacuation orders for over 80,000 people. And now, if you remember, I think it was um, last year when there was that massive fi forest fire, I mean the fires in California, um, they had first claimed that it was because of some random people at a campfire, and then it turned out it was because of a faulty switcher or some other piece of equipment. Uh, now... I haven't done my homework on this one either. I'd love, email me, robsnewsroom at gmail.com. But this company, I believe, has some sort of a government monopoly because I know that I think there's four different, like, electric utility companies in the U.S. And for as much of a free market as we have here, uh, most of this, m most of those markets, uh, and I know this because uh, someone actually put me into... Uh, the Northwest Electric Company? Man, I should have done more research. I'm, I'm sorry, guys. I'm a little scatterbrained here this week. Like I said, I'm working real hard on the end of year run your mouth um, project, so please come out December 5th. And while we're doing plugs and covering for the fact that I can't remember what I was trying to say, sheath underwear. Use code RYM because as the world comes to an end after this election season and you're sitting at home and you're nervous, you're trying to figure out, hey, uh, do we know who the president is? Hey, do we know who run the smoke out bug out? At least you can know that your balls are separated from your dick. At least you can have that little ounce of comfort in your life. That is everything goes to hell. And by the way, if you end up in a situation where you've got to run from rioters or you got to get involved in rioters, you don't want your dick and balls stuck together. That's not what you want. You want to know because who knows, maybe there won't be any water. Maybe they'll turn off the water supplies. You're going to have to live out in the woods after you just ran away from rioters. And at the very least, you don't want to end up in some sort of a situation where, where your dick and balls are getting all gunked up and stunked up because, you know, they're all sweaty and you can't quite shower them off. So 
just guys, plan ahead. Don't be like the government that just recklessly spends money and just assumes that everything's going to be magically fixed in the future because they're going to be out of office and it's going to be somebody else's problem. Don't live your life that way. We don't have the same capability as government to just print money and pretend like problems don't exist. We don't, we don't have that power in our lives. And so we have to be smarter than these people. Make good investments now. Um, have respect the concept of, uh, fuck, what was the word I was looking for? um, time preference, you know, and make good investments so you can have a better future. And you know where that starts? It starts with sheath underwear. It starts with separating your dick from your balls, making an investment in the clarity of mind that comes from good supportive underwear. And by using the promo code RYM, you can get 20% off. Um, the other sponsor for today, as always is Yo Kratom. And, uh, you know what? I'm just going to mention them here because we'll give them a full ad read before the end. Kratom, Yo Kratom is too good with $60 kilos to just be casually mentioning them as a part of another ad read for my favorite underwear sheath. Uh, but anyways, back to what we were trying to talk about. Uh, where's the outrage in the reporting on whether or not these quasi government protected industries that are like, you want to talk about the theoretical that global warming's burning California. How about all the forest fires that have been initiated from this company that I think has massive amounts of debt and wouldn't exist without some sort of government protection. Where's the conversation about whether or not free markets would allow for better utility companies that weren't burning half the state. Where's the conversation about the way government is eroding all these different markets and the real problems that are being caused by, you know, government-backed monopolies or, you know, I don't know. There just seems like there's a, there's a lot of meat on that bone, and I guess I'm as lazy as every other, you know, news person out there that I haven't researched the hell out of these utility companies, but I'm just saying in terms of things that aren't being reported on, where's the conversation about how these utility companies are operating and how come this one is getting away with, you know, frequent forest, frequent fires in California? I mean, the state's literally, you know, I think I made this joke before in the podcast, we've got this theoretical violence from white militias, but at the same time, you've got actual violence being done by Antifa and Black Lives Matter, and the conversation is about the fear and threat of the theoretical violence. So you've got theoretically global warming, and there's no evidence of that. It's not true, or at least in my opinion, it's not true. I haven't seen, I don't think, I think that's human Stockholm syndrome that we want to control our lives, and so you're trying to point to the, the, the way that it's our fault, um, or it's just, it's, it's like cheap and easy to go, Hey, there's a real risk here. And look, that that's why that thing happened because of that thing that I'm telling you about, but you do your research. It's because the, you got idiots who are having, um, gender reveal parties, or you've got a electric electric company who can't maintain its infrastructure for whatever reason and doesn't have to compete with other people. Where's the outrage over that? Where's the outrage over this electric company? They're, they're the ones who are really causing the fire. All right. Last thing I want to talk about is, um, Tom Woods gave this incredible speech a couple weeks ago about COVID and the lockdowns. And one of the things he was talking about, which I'm really interested in, is that the, he was talking about how the lockdowns, firstly, he was talking about how the lockdowns are not a model that should exist within, a, within our country, which is supposed to be about freedom. And so he does a great job laying out that argument. But he also talks about how if you look at the numbers, they haven't worked. And he talks about that the correlation between areas that locked down and that were open and the spikes does not give any evidence to the fact that they worked. I'm fascinated by this because it just seems so counterintuitive that if you had a virus and people actually did stay home, that that wouldn't in some way help. It just like, 
I've I guess fallen prey to to the to the overall story in the media. Well, that clearly it would help, and so I, I don't quite understand. Like the, the, there's something missing. I, I guess intuitively, I would not listen. I don't think anyone should have locked down. I don't think that this is enough of a threat that anyone should have stayed home. I think if you're old in a risk category, you should have. And I certainly don't think government should have came in and um, imposed it. So I agree on all that. On this idea, which that it didn't even help, I'm not saying that's not true. And I've heard Dave um, gave some interesting stories, which was like Japan and some of these areas that remained open, didn't see any further spikes. I'd love to hear more of the why on why it didn't work. And so one of the articles, and I just saw the headline, which gave me a little bit of insight here, was it said about 20% of grocery store workers had COVID-19 and most didn't have symptoms study found. And so just as a theoretical, the one place all of us were going to, even when this was locked down, was the grocery store. And so if 20% of grocery store workers, that means if there's five workers on hand, one of them had, like, that means that no one was ever going to a grocery store where one person there didn't have it. I, I think that maybe I'm not that good with statistics, but I think that's about, about accurate. In other words, what are the odds that you would walk into a grocery store at any point in time and one person would have it? Pretty, pretty high especially you got a store with 10 workers. So it could be that the shutdowns didn't work because for the little bit that we would have to, you know, it doesn't matter how shut down you are, either what is government going to be doing grocery runs to every single person's house? Like, are we going to, you know, unless you commit to that level of lockdown, it could just be a thing where it's all or nothing. Either people are actually, you know, stocking up on shit and we all agree we're in our houses for a full month and literally nobody's going anywhere and maybe that strategy would work um and i'm not saying that we should explore that strategy nor am i saying that government should enforce that strategy but at least that might work it could be that the way that we did the lockdowns was really just a half measure and just the very activity of people going to the grocery store um means that that was enough interaction with other people that you would you would have exposure and we might as well just be going about our lives uh now on that topic there's a lot that i was unsure of i didn't read the entire cnn article i just want to point out um, i i i i don't think we should have locked down i i don't think it doesn't make sense to me i certainly don't think the government should have the power to enforce that and i think if you looked at the best information here uh we probably just should have protected the elderly or those with pre-existing conditions. For those who have put forward that the lockdowns had no positive impact whatsoever or that they're just a useless tool or that there's no evidence that they do help, I would love more on the why because just to me it would seem it would seem to make sense that if by interacting with people you get exposed to the vi- you can get exposed to a virus so if you're not if you're mostly home and not really interacting with people it's less likely for you to get exposed to the virus it just kind of makes sense to me and I also know in my own life we've all had this you, you go on a trip you're flying you're on like a boat or whatever the fuck you do when you travel or you're in New York City you're taking the subway and now I, I think some people say that you you might build up your immunity it seems to me like when I've been in those environments I seem to get sick a little bit more often which because I think you've got more exposure to people and so you'd up your odds of getting sick now maybe that's not even medical science because maybe I, I guess I should have had more immunity when I was in Times Square every night in packed you know, packed comedy clubs interacting with people. But if I look at the last eight months versus the prior eight months, I got, you know, colds more often in the eight, the eight months prior. So to my brain, it would seem to me less interaction, less as less odds of getting sick. So if you had a lot of people with less interactions, there would be less overall sickness. Um, 
people are putting forward the opposite that it would seem as though lockdowns didn't work whatsoever. So any other, because I, I'm going to be bringing this up in the run your mouth end of your special. So any articles that you guys have seen that doesn't just lay out the, the like correlation causation thing, just saying that there's no proof that it worked. I love more of the whys. And I, I you know, Tom Wood said one during the speech. I can't remember it off the top of my head, but if you have more of the why it didn't work, I would love to see those. Um, and you know what? That is going to be it for this week. I really thought I was going to do a 20 minute short episode, but you know, that's the way it goes. You turn on, the, you, you start, you start hooting and hollering and I uh, end up, Oh wait, I did say I was going to do a full Ukraine ad read. So, you know, guys, just so you don't stop listening now, there's, there's going to be a lot more topics after this. I'm going to do like another 20 minutes on, uh, how to live your life better. And I've got a secret thing that if you just listen to, to this thing, which I'm going to get to really soon, this is like every YouTube self-help ad. If you just wait till I get to this one thing really soon, which I'm going to get to, but I'm so knowledgeable, I can just give you this one piece of information. It's going to help your entire life, but you got to wait till I drone on for a while until I get to that thing. And then you're going to have to click a link and purchase something. But it, 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 you just have to take faith in the power of me as a human being to convey important information right off the top. So just trust that I've got this really important information, even though I've just continuously wasted your time um, floating the idea that I might have powerful information. So in that vein, I'm going to te- there's an, there's another hour of it. Don't believe that scroller on the bottom of your screen that's telling you you're at the end of the episode. You're not. There's secret content coming where I'm going to answer some of the most profound things. This entire episode, the first 40 minutes where you thought I was talking about important news stories this past week, those weren't the important news stories. The important news stories are about to come, but first I got to tell you about one of my favorite products, Yo Kratom, the only place in the entire world that you can get a $60 kilo. You, you, you drive around your town looking for that good, wholesome Kratom only if you're over the age of 21. Uh, I think I'm supposed to say that. Maybe I'm not. I don't know. Be responsible with your Kratom uh, not consumption, your Kratom usage, however uh, however you like to u- use your Kratom. Some people, they just like to have it around like a good luck charm. They just like to hold it in their hands and they feel better. But here's the point. You don't need to be driving around your town, gas station to gas station, not even knowing what the quality of the brand that's there, not paying four times what you could if you were just getting it off YoKratom.com, finding out that gas stations are closed early and now you're up in your house all night and you can't fall asleep because you need your good luck charm Kratom there in order to fall asleep. Don't end up in these situations. Situations where you've been listening to run your mouth for long enough that you know you could just go to yokratum.com, spend $60, get yourself an entire kilo. How long does a kilo last? I don't know. It probably depends on how long you've been doing Kratom for. It's like anything else. You're a really big fat guy. You know, you might eat a full Domino's pizza. You give that to some poor people and they can, I got to stop promoting Domino's. I don't even like Domino's. Can I just put that out there? Domino's is fine. And it's because I'm looking at a Domino's car right now. And if you're trying to, it's almost like, uh, in, uh, the usual suspects are looking for something to talk about the signs right there. So it's just easy to hop into Domino's fuck Domino's until they start paying us like the good people, yo Kratom that want to show up and support things of this. I'm going to stop. I'm, maybe I'll just start finding other random pizza places, but Domino's is okay. It's okay, but it's okay. Cause I don't live in New York city and New York city. You got good for like retro pizza. That place was the best. That place, I miss that guy. That That's the number one thing I miss in New York City is Leo and that delicious pizza from Retro Pizza. But we're not plugging them right now. We're trying to plug YoKratom.com, home of the $60 kilo. And that is going to be the end of this week's episode. Um, one more time. 
Thanks to our sponsor, Sheath. Thanks to our sponsor, Yo, um, promo code RYM, 20% off, yokratum.com, home of the $60 kilo. Last but not least, please come December 5th. Going to be a fucking awesome backyard show out in Philadelphia with the Shedcast guys, BK Chris, and some other comics. Um, so please show up for that. Bring your bring your sandwiches, bring your girlfriends, bring your cases of beer. It's going to be a really fun backyard hang. Or if you're up in the Boston area uh, or up in New Hampshire, uh, take a link in the episode description. We are going to be doing a show up there as well. And really, I want to do a, a, a ton more backyard shows and live run your mouths and keep experimenting with doing the stuff live. And I, I think it's a fun energy and it will make for even funner podcasts for people to listen back to. So come out, support, and, uh, that's it for now. Thanks everybody.